So I know like the how is not important. When you have a dream, you have a goal, the how is not important. Just you need to find something you really love, you really enjoy, and something you are in alignment with, you're gonna learn on the way. Just like how is not important. So when I find out like that's my life mission, I text my friend, I thought I finally found that's awesome. my life mission. And then I just, yeah, I took like the first step, just start learning. like. Welcome everybody to the Bliss Seekers Podcast. Our podcast was created to inspire people to find their true purpose and follow their bliss. Make sure you check us out on Instagram at Bliss Seekers. Make sure you check us out on YouTube at The Bliss Seekers. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. All right. Well, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today we have a special guest. He was born and raised in Syria. He came here in 2010. He got his bachelor's degree back in Syria in accounting and finance. Uh, he came to the United States and got an MBA at San Diego State in business information systems. Uh, he also got a certification in building inspection and construction management. He's now a construction inspector. He lives in the San Francisco area. But recently he found his passion, right? He found his passion in videography and photography. So welcome to the podcast, Mr. Hatem Arifai. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Of course, anytime. Thank you. Thank you for being here. <laughs> every, every time, actually. Yeah. <laughs> behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, behind the scenes. So actually, so you guys know, uh, Hatim's actually also our videographer. So we decided to have him on so you guys can get to know him. Right? He's an awesome, awesome gentleman. So um, let's get right into it. Um, so obviously, you're from Syria. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you came here in 2010. I was born and raised in Syria, mm -hmm. and I came here 2010. You know, after I graduated from uh, Dara University, uh, okay. I did my bachelor degree there, and I was like, I want to like do something, you know, big, you know. Yeah. Like just bachelor degree, like, wasn't enough for me. <laughs> so, yeah, my goal was just come here United States with my master degree and get my CBA mm -hmm. and. Uh, go back to Syria and like just work in a big company and right. be a CEO or, yeah. and then the revolution started but in Syria mm -hmm. so I came here 2010 since then like I couldn't go back okay so so you came in 2010 and then a year later <laughs> the yeah. revolution happened and you yes. you can't go back home wow what was that like when you uh when you realized man I can't go back home uh, that time, like, I didn't know, like, how long it's going to take. Okay. Like, every time I say, oh, okay, like, just a few months more, like, maybe next year it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. And it's been, like, 10 years, man. Oh, wow. So yeah. it's still happening right now. So right now, like, it's kind of cooled down. Mm -hmm. But, like, we still, like, the situation is, like, not safe mm -hmm. to go back, like... What would happen if you went back too soon? So I'm not sure, like, what's the government reaction from me coming back from United States? Really? And so uh, you never know, like, because they have like relative, they got arrested, like, was six years, seven years ago, wow. and we have no idea where they are. What's, what's oh my going gosh. on with them? Really? Like, there is like no justice. There is like, like, if you get arrested. There's like different situations. Sometimes they don't have like uh, food or money to feed uh, prisoners. Yeah. And they just like kill them, you know. <laughs> That's Seriously? crazy. Yeah. What? Yeah. Sorry, can't feed you. Yeah. Just they burn them. Yeah. They burn the prison and everything. Was your relative coming from United States and then they got arrested or? No, he, is, he, he lives there. Okay. Yeah. 
But just like they are, they don't like really a nice state, like the politics and stuff. And they they gonna be like, why why you came back? What's your deal? Oh, mm, they think you're a spy or something. Yeah, right, like who right. send you who send you back here? You know, <laughs> the Trump send you back over here. <laughs> yeah, what's your deal then? If I go if I go like to prison, that's it. That's yeah. So you that's know. Why I'm so people disappear when they go to prison. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's crazy. It sounds like a movie. So yeah. wh- why did your family members get arrested, if you don't mind me asking? Mainly, like, they act like male, like, over, like, 21 years old. Like, they want them to go back, like, to the military, fight with them. Oh. Or they are afraid from them to be, like, against them. Mm. And that's why, like, a lot of my friends, they left Syria. Mm-hmm. Like, most, like, the guys I went to, to uh, university with, mm-hmm. most of them outside Syria right now. Yeah, so it's either join the military or you're not safe. Yeah, so I have friends like because like after we finish university, if you are if you have a brother, like you are too a male in the family, right? So you have to go to military, and it's like year and a half or something. Okay. And I have my friend. They finished university. They joined the military, and was before the revolution. And when the revolution started. Like, they asked them, the guys, like, my friend in the military, to shoot on, like, innocent people. And oh, wow. Some of them was, like, in the military in my city. Oh, wow. So, like, mainly they asked them to shoot on, like, their own, you know, family. Their own family and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and so the, uh, most of them, they escaped. Like, they went to Jordan or they mm. went to, like, other countries. Yeah, that's crazy. What was the reason for the, the, the whole conflict start, the revolution? Like in back, like in the Middle East, there was like this. Not the first revolution. Like the, it started like in uh, Yemen, in Libya, and in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened, like really in Egypt, uh, people they want change the president. He's a president for like seven years yeah. or so. Like <laughs> that guy, like he's he was like eighty years old, and he's still the president since he was a young guy. Seventy years. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think. Yeah, it was like 70 or more, 70 or 80. Wow. Years, and he, he's still there, you know? Yeah. So they want to just change the president. So right. And so everyone <laughs> went to the street, asked to change the president. Within two weeks, they changed the system. They changed the president. Oh, wow. And so, and like, we was, like, watching in TV, like, everyone, like, saying, we want freedom, we want to change the president mm. and stuff. So some kids in my city, actually, mm-hmm. they, they hear in the news like this, like everyone like saying, we want to change the president, we want to freedom and all of that. So they wrote down on the walls of the school, mm-hmm. like we want freedom, we want to change the president. Mm-hmm. Wow. So those kids, they got arrested and they are like an elementary school. How old, wow. is, that? How old is that? Elementary? Like At least 10, 10 years, or younger. 10 yeah. years, like. That's old. when I came here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, they they have no idea what they are writing. Mm. You know, they just saw something in the TV. It seems cool, seems different. Yeah. Everyone like yelling, you know, in the street. We want to change the president. That's in Egypt. Yeah. So they just wrote down in the walls like, we want freedom. We want to change the president. So those kids got arrested. Mm-hmm. Like there is someone behind you. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so they thought someone had told them to do that exactly like there's a plan or something so so they wrote on the wall the government thought someone had told them to write on the wall exactly and then what happened after that so they got arrested 
So mainly like their families, like they just asking, like we want the kids back. Mm-hmm. Like those are just kids, like yeah, no one behind them. Yeah. They just saw something on the TV and they just throw it in the yeah. wall. But like the government, like no, like there's something behind this. Wow. And they kept them, you know, like arrested for like two, three weeks. And so just the people like in my city, like just small group of people, they just said like, okay, like we give you like just like few more days. Like if you guys don't like release those kids, we're gonna protest mm-hmm. and that's happened like uh, like friday they went to the street they protest like just we want the kids back and then the government saw that like as a threat you know wow and they used like a life ammo on them like they killed like 10 of them wow just on the spot and then from there like everyone started like like how you do this like to those innocent and more mm-hmm. protests and like more cities also like start like yeah. like why you do this with like people like in Dara. Yeah. So that's how the revolution I, started. That's how it started. Yeah. And then like the army was like divided. Like you have half of the army want to protect the people mm-hmm. and right. the other half want to protect the president. Right. And then now you, we, there is like guns, you know, mm-hmm. there is the military fighting before was just like a protest and yeah. now just you have half in the military you know fighting against you know the military with the president wow. can you guys help from other countries so that was like the problem actually mm-hmm. like here is like when when like the other countries start interfere like in syria mm-hmm. the situation got more bad because like everyone has like different agenda so we got like help from russia Russia wants the president, so they support the military with the president. Uh, you have like Saudi Arabia, Qatar, United States, they don't want the president, they want someone else. So they support their groups. Mm. And like we start seeing guns coming, you know, from wow. everywhere. Like we don't produce guns, like we don't have yeah. the money to buy guns. Mm. Right. All of a sudden, like everyone, every person have a gun. Everyone has like, like an AK forty seven all of a sudden. <laughs> all of a sudden, yeah, like yeah. where this came from? Like where all this money came from. Yeah. Mm. So this is yeah, the problem because the other countries start supporting groups there. Mm. They want like because we in Syria we have like we are like in really strategic area mm-hmm. and also we have oil. So they want this location. So everyone fighting on this land. Yeah, because of where you guys are located, basically. Yeah. So what is it about the location that's so important to most of the, these countries, like Russia and the United States? And yeah, so the location, like, we are, like, close to Asia. Okay. And, like, Middle East, like, is, like, Asia. And, like, uh, we are close to South Africa and Europe. Like, we are, like, on the, uh, you know, like, where the three continent like get together uh-huh. that's where is syria you know what let's pull it up let's see let's yeah see yeah so let's yeah see. i want to see what syria so now now we're getting high tech guys mm-hmm. now now we got an actual uh laptop to pull up so you see like syria there mm-hmm. and you see like africa okay there. yeah so africa to the south yeah. west and you have in the north uh you have europe yeah and you have asia Wow. In the West. Yeah, so basically Russia, basically, or the USSR, the former USSR, yeah. um, and the Eastern European countries are right above Syria. Um, Iraq is right below yeah. Syria. Um, Saudi Arabia is right below Syria. And there is like where all the oil is just yeah. right there in the area. Like Where's Iraq, the Saudi Arabia, Iran. 
Yeah. And look at Israel. Israel's right there. Israel there. Wow. So you guys are right with Israel, Jordan. Wow. So I can see why it's pretty important. So yeah, this location, yeah. That's why like all those countries like just trying to have like control in Syria. Mm. Is it because of the oil as well? Yes. That's a huge resource right there. Yeah. Mm. So we have like a Russian military and we have like military from iran mm-hmm. and right now actually all the military is like the one that support the president oh wow yeah so what's the president's name over there uh, bashar al-assad and how long has he been in power when the revolution started i think he was already 10 years okay and now it's like 20 years 20 oh, wow. years something as a president not as you know a king if he's yeah. a king yeah. we, we understand yeah. it's like as a president yeah and like every like eight years they do election mm-hmm. and he wins yeah and the way they do election is really funny okay they they just give you a paper like they saying you want the president yes or no <laughs> that's that's our election <laughs> oh and when God. you say no they disappear <laughs> yeah. no mainly you know funny. you know what like you're gonna do the election in the front of like the government like oh. there's no like private office you know to okay. do it. so like you are like this they give you the paper and they are looking at you like <laughs> which like, one you gonna stick with the gun <laughs> yeah. yes or no right mm-hmm. yeah that's crazy and they don't count the votes you know they do this and after that they just put like a number and yeah. they say, okay, oh he won, he won <laughs> this number well so is that the same for the, the other candidates it's like do you want this no president candidate. what no. yeah so there's no candidates it's like do they you want him yes want, or no oh, yes that's interesting. it you have the president you want him yes or no that's it <laughs> that's the whole election I don't know. You guys are overthinking this here. Like, <laughs> you know it what? Took like year here, you know, to do all of yeah. that. Yeah. To be honest, I think that's what the administration right now is trying to do here. If they could have it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but it, uh, thank God we're you know it won't be like that. Hopefully not, right? But you know that's why they always say like you know even with the United States with all the issues that we have and maybe people are you know we're kind of divided and all this kind of stuff right now. We're still free. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like you know, we don't have elections like that. Hopefully not. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, we're still free. We can do whatever we want. Like, you know, but that's crazy. Wow. That's so, awesome, yeah. yeah. So, um, do you get to talk to your family at all? Like, do uh, WhatsApp or Skype or anything? Yeah, yeah. We always keep in touch. Okay. So, at least yeah. you're able to keep in touch with them. Yeah, we use WhatsApp. It's the most famous right Of course, now. right. Uh, Facebook, yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, my sister lives in London and my parents live in Hawaii. So WhatsApp is a uh, very, very, uh, very yeah. good, good uh, d- uh, creation. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, especially with the group, like you have a group for the family and yeah. everyone send pictures, yeah. videos and talk to, you know. Yeah, And exactly. we're all on WhatsApp. Then, the Biz Seekers podcast yeah. is on WhatsApp. So are so we, yeah. We're, there you go. we're on there. <laughs> yeah. Man, whoever created, you know, it's funny. I heard, I think, uh, I'm not sure if I have this right, but. I heard a, I read a story about the creator of WhatsApp where he wanted to get a job at Facebook. I think it was Facebook. Yeah, I think Facebook for for the longest time and they kept denying him like no, like no or or he had a job and he got fired. Something like that. He wanted to work at Facebook and his dream never came true. So then he created WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. And then he became yeah. like a billionaire all of a sudden, right? And I think Facebook ended up buying WhatsApp or something yeah, like that. Yeah. 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 So they, so he wanted a job for like a couple hundred thousand a year. 
he ended up selling his app to Facebook for like billions of dollars. So, hey, see, so guys, I mean, when when one door doesn't open or one door closes, you never know. There might be a better door uh, on the other side. So, okay, so um, you 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 came here. We kind of understood a little bit about what's going on in the home country. It's kind of it's kind of getting better now a little bit. Yeah, like right now, just because the president he's have has control so there's like only one side okay before it was like two sides five yeah but yeah like but mainly like everyone's suffering right now because everything like got so expensive uh-huh and like not too not too much jobs there so hyperinflation basically yeah inflation like even like no electricity like they get electricity a few hours a day wow and same for the water a few hours a day that's crazy Man, mm. see, we, I mean, we the things we we don't appreciate, right? right? Like, things we take yeah. for granted. You know, we're over here things. trying to plug in all these cameras, and mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just trying to find extension cords because we got plenty of electricity, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, people in other countries uh, they don't get electricity full time or right. water. Right. Yeah. So what do they do when they sh- shut off the electricity? Do people have generators or? Not really. Like even just like if they dark? if they're gonna get like gas, it's like also super expensive. Wow. So mainly they just they are living with it. They're just basically yeah, chilling in the dark, in candles. The dark, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. They have like small like batteries. They just charge those batteries. But okay. like there's so much time like when you don't have anything. Wow. Also like if you have your fridge, your freezer and you have the food there, like you can't really put too much there, you know. Oh, that's true. Because like it's going to melt down. Right. Yeah, right. it'll be spoiled by the next day. Yeah. How long has that been going on? Just happened? Ten start- years. Ten years? Yeah. Wow. that's crazy well at least you're here you know i mean and you know there's a reason why you're here right because you're here yeah well you're You're here here. now right (laughs) um and uh so you so you left so you got your first your bachelor's degree there right yes uh was it a pretty big school out in syria yeah actually like we have like we focus a lot on education back there in syria okay so like bachelor degree in syria is like something like normal like right yeah. now like almost everyone gets his bachelor degree there right and the classes there like is really good like because like when i came here it was easier for me actually oh wow yeah. so our schooling was easier than schooling yes, back home yeah, way easier yeah yeah united states is really not um the best at like healthcare or education <laughs> which is kind of yeah. uh, whatever you know it is what it is but yeah, okay. they, they pressure us like to take like classes, more classes and everything. It's just like the way of teaching here. I, I like the way of teaching here is better. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of not about easier, but like um, they give you like for us, we used to memorize a lot. Uh-huh. And here like they encourage you like to think and to like have your own project or like you do experiment or stuff. And back there is mainly like you have to study this, memorize it, and take an exam. Oh wow! So it, it was it was harder that way then. It you was harder, yeah, because you have to mm-hmm. memorize like a huge books and stuff. Wow! <laughs> so you guys were like lawyers basically. Yeah. Wow! So how thick were the books? So for like just for like one year, like maybe like this amount of books. Wow! And we have like almost memorized that. Wow! And you have only like. Right now they change the system, but like when I started, you have only one exam. Like for each like uh, material, each class you have one exam. Mm-hmm. Like you ever fa- fail or uh, 
or like pass that's it if you don't have like homeworks there's no mid, mid exam or whatever here mm -hmm. then, oh, like, no midterms or anything no midterms, yeah so there's just, only one just exam final, okay, yeah, okay final wow. exam. so what happens if and you don't pass the final uh, you have to repeat the subject. That's it. Oh wow! So yeah, you just you, don't pass the class you at all. Don't pass the class. Yeah. Wow. So it's either pass or fail. There's mm. no nothing in the middle. Yeah. No B, C, just pass or fail. From a hundred, you get sixty, seventy, eighty. Okay, so it's a scale of a hundred. Scale of a hundred, but like you don't have a homework or you don't have a midterm, and like it's only one exam. Like if you are sick in that day, <laughs> that's it. Oh man. <laughs> So basically, you have to read these humongous books, like stack exactly. of books, and you have to be ready for the final exam. Yes. Oh, wow. Do they have like classroom lectures and stuff or? Yeah, we go to school, like to the university. We have lectures like okay, so almost every day, like five days a week. Yeah. But it's basically on the stuff, you're, the books you're reading. Yeah. Okay. But most students, the way they do it, like we go to class, but like we don't really focus much. Yeah. We wait oh, until I know all about the last <laughs> yeah. week. And then the last week you have the whole... Yeah. Book, the whole exam that's actually i think that's human nature everywhere to be honest like yeah. nobody like <laughs> it's crazy like if people will have like a whole month to say i mean there's some people that will study like mm -hmm. every day but most people like one week before the test comes and they're just yeah. like cramming you know what i mean yeah. that's why um you know i learned that you know you always have to give deadlines to people when you want to have something done mm -hmm. it's called the power of a deadline because mm -hmm. you know we live in the largest nation in the world which is procrastination mm -hmm. right so you know human nature we procrastinate so if you give somebody a really long time to complete a task they're not going to take the whole time they're going to take just a few minutes right before or a few a few days or whatever um so yeah that that makes a lot of sense right there yeah i think uh when i was in college i, I had a i took a law class and i, I don't really like law too much because a lot of reading but we had to do a 20 page paper and we had the whole quarter to do it right so guess yeah. what i waited to the day before exactly. <laughs> and i pulled an all-nighter like 18 hours i wrote like a 20 page paper like all night and i i think i still got an a on it or whatever i think but, there's something about it and just like adding that pressure on you yeah. it like it energizes you in a way even though it's very stressful yeah there's something about it it's like a thrill i don't know what it is because i do the same thing too yeah it has to be something it has to be like yeah. some type of i don't know something in our nature as humans or whatever <laughs> so so you got you got your degree and uh and now you you come to the u.s what sparked you coming to the united states like versus just staying home in syria and continue your education there could you get your master's there or yeah so uh, main thing like I want to learn like language. Okay. This is like one reason. Okay. And so learning English. Learning English, and the other thing also I have a family here, like small family. Okay. So I was like, and they have a chance to come here. I said, Yeah. Man, let's do it. Hey, take the opportunity, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, and if you think about it, it's even crazier because like literally, if you would have waited one year more, like you wouldn't have been able to come here, right? Yes. Like mm. that's crazy. I mean, like, if our school, like, started one year later, then I would not be graduated. Yeah. Then I would not be here. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So, um, perfect timing for you. And, um, you know, I guess you had family here. So, you're like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to go, right? I'm going to go check out the USA. So, I remember I asked Joe, like, what her, what her thoughts of the United States were going to be course she was 10 right uh, how old were you when you when you came here 
23. So 23 year old Syrian, Syrian young man. What, what was your impressions of what the United States was going to be like before you came here? I don't have like really like something clear image about the United States, but uh. like the main thing, like I thought it's like so developed uh-huh. and everything's super nice, super clean. Yeah. And like the technology is like going to be amazing. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, like I thought everything is going to be like super, you know, developed. Like, yeah. like I'm coming to the third, like to the first world, how they yeah. say it. Like, mm-hmm. So Syria is a thir- considered a third world third country? Third world country. My, uh, my uh, Philippines too. Wow. Third world country. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, do you, oh, they say developed country. And coming to the United States, I, this was... And I thought like everything is easy. Like you get the, you come here, like you work a few hours and <laughs> you become rich and like they just hand you money. Like. How do you feel now? Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Working 12 hours a day, yeah. night shift, day shift. Yeah. <laughs> You're earning your money now for Working sure. Working Saturdays, weekend. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, so you um so was it kind of like you expected or when you first came here? No, not really. Actually, I thought like when I came like to the streets, like I thought all the cars going to be brand new. There is no old cars. Okay. <laughs> and this is like I thought when I saw like old models, I was like how come they have old cars? Yeah, you're like, "Wait, we have these in Syria. What are they doing here, right?" Yeah. yeah. And then like I went to downtown San Francisco and it wasn't super clean. I was oh yeah that's a big city yeah I was like, yeah. <laughs> you're like what homeless people what the heck's going yeah. on here i was like surprised you know seeing someone sleeping on the street yeah. like even my country like you will never see someone sleeping on the street yeah no way there is no homeless wow okay, there's no, homeless people. no homeless in syria like you always have someone in your family to support you wow that's like, pretty cool and when i saw that like i was even like when I tell my family, they are surprised. Oh, you even in the war right now and whatever going on, there is no homeless there. Wow, that's amazing. Actually, yeah. it just shows how like united you guys are. Family. Yeah, because you have a big family. Like even like your father support you, your brothers, your sisters, your uncle, your grandfather, or like you always have someone to support you. Yeah, so you're never you're never gonna be left on the streets in Syria. No way. That that was for me like. I was like really shocked when I saw that. Wow. So was that the biggest surprise for you? Yeah, those those like the things like I was it's like a lot of like small things I start to notice like my expectation was way way bigger. Yeah, very high. Mm-hmm. Very high. It's too good to be true. Yeah. Cuz like you know you see like you know I said like in the movies I thought mm-hmm. like it's like in the movies, like, yeah. uh, in the Hollywood movies mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm the same way. When I was a little um, kid, mm-hmm. watching all this movie from, you know, America. And Home Alone. <laughs> Home Alone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, so let me ask you guys then, um, what was the, the, the one American movie that you guys watched when you were young that made the biggest impression on you guys of what you thought the United States was going to be like? What movie? Yeah. Any movie in particular? I mean, it might not be, but like, what movie or show did you guys see that was American that you that made you think, oh, the America's like that? You know, um, now that you mentioned Home Alone, yeah, I'm thinking about R- Richie Rich. Richie Rich, okay, yeah. yeah. Richie Rich. So you watched the Rich Kid, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so no, kids. no wonder you thought it was gonna be a lots of chocolate or something. Lots of chocolates, no, 
Lots of snow. The snow. I live in California. There's no snow here. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bay Area, right? Bay Area. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Hatton? Was there a movie you watched when you were young? American movie? Uh, I don't remember like a certain movie, but uh, I thought like when I came here, like everyone is American, like uh, white, blonde. Okay, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. When when I came here and I saw like uh, Mexican or like Arab and like Indian or like all yeah. other like ethnicity, and I was like. Lots of diversity. A lot of diversity. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, city. Like, what was the first city? So I came to Lafayette and uh, Hayward and then Berkeley. Mm, yeah, very wow, and Berkeley is very diverse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and because I, I saw a lot of movies about like the colleges in the uh, United States. Oh wow, party the dorm, yeah. the dorms, and dorm stuff. life. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna have and fun. Yeah. yeah. I have an idea about like that. Like yeah. it's gonna be like a dorm life and stuff. Well, you, the movies. you did go to San Diego State, right? Yeah, that's and, known and as the party school. I don't know if you know that. Actually, Berkeley was the party school. Berkeley, Berkeley too. Berkeley is crazy. All, all like the fraternities around yeah. us. Like it was, yeah. They wow. were Berkeley wild, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but but see, you know, because hot time you came to Calif- to the Bay Area, California. Yeah. If you would have landed like in Alabama, or like Nebraska. Mm. It probably would have been exactly how you expected. Nothing but yeah. white people, uh, yeah. like white and African Americans, you know. Actually, I was like excited. Like I want to see American. Like uh, I yeah. want to see like white. Like, yeah. Like, I want to see someone like the movies, like, like Caucasians and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then you went to San Francisco, and it's all diversity and yeah. homeless people and <laughs> old cars, and you're like, what the heck is going on here? My uh, food, though. How do you like the food here? Uh, the food. So in Syria, we have like only Syrian food. Which is, it. what does it consist of? We have, like, we are, like, our food is really, like, delicious. Like, we have a lot of different, you know, meals. Mm-hmm. And when I came here, like, was my first time trying Mexican food, my first time trying Indian food. Wow. My first time trying, like, real Italian food. Wow. And Asian food, like that was all of that was my first time. Yeah, that would that. suck if all they had was American food here, <laughs> like yeah. burgers and fries and hot dogs. That would be horrible. Would be yeah. yeah. Well, this is one of the things. I thought it's only burgers and stuff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> You're like just all hamburgers yeah. and milkshakes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know like they have all these different kinds kind of, of movies cuisines. Are you watching? <laughs> Got me wondering. American movies. I don't remember like names, but like something about like colleges or I I saw like some movies, uh, uh, Van Damme and Van Wilder. Oh, John Claude Van Damme. Yes. Like Bloodsport. Yeah. And those movies yeah. and Rambo. Rambo. Yeah, yes. yeah. First Blood. Yeah. Those movies. Uh, <laughs> those are the those are like the really good action movies. So. Yeah, and that time was we we used to love that. Like, yeah. We, we like get those movies and like CDs and <laughs> that's awesome. Um, going back to the food, so so in Syria, do they only have Syrian food still, or do they have like different types of cultural food there now? No, just Syrian. Food. Okay, so you only had Syrian food, so like it would be like me only eating yeah. you only eating Filipino food, yeah. or me only eating Mexican food or American food, or whatever. So when you started tasting all the different cuisines, was there any particular food? Or any cuisine that you were just like, whoa, like this is really good. Uh, actually, I like the Indian food. Indian food, yeah, yeah. Until now, like uh, curry and stuff, yeah, and biryani and top my top, yeah, yeah, Indian food. 
And like the food back in Syria is like so delicious. So like there's nothing can replace it. Oh, okay. Here, so. You got it. Yeah. You guys yeah. eat a lot of vegetables and like. Uh, so we have like vegetables. We have like uh, vegan food. We have vegetarian. We have like meat. There's like. So the way like we cook food, like just to prepare one meal, it took like an hour, two hours to prepare one meal. Wow. Like they put a lot of effort in food. You know? So cooking is a, cooking is a big is, deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. And it's something like you do like every day. Like you have your mom or your wife or whatever. Like they make the food like for the family. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have a so, lot of processed foods there? No, no. it's like... We have like farms, a lot of farms in Syria. So we use our like own product, especially like in my city. Like we, we have all kinds of veggies, so vegetables. Yeah. Like farmer's markets, basically. Farmers, yeah, yeah. farmer's markets. They don't have farmer's markets, but you guys can get it from the local farms. Yeah. We have like farmer's markets. Oh, you do? Yeah. We oh. don't call it farmer's markets. just we call it the market. It's a market, yeah. but it's a farmer's yeah. market. <laughs> so it's like the like the travel shows where they show this big old market with lots yes, of fruits. exactly. Lots of spices and all that. Is that? Yes. Okay. So what's the number one um, meat that they eat in Syria? Is it like lamb or? So mainly chicken. Chicken? Because like chicken is the cheapest meat actually. Okay. Because like meat is very expensive in Syria. So that's probably why there's a lot of people that are like plant-based, you would say? Yes. Okay, because yeah. they can't afford the, the meats? Yeah, so most family they only can afford meat once a week Okay. or once a month, depends on the family. So it's actually like a blessing uh, in disguise, yeah. to be honest, yeah. you know? Yeah. They're actually pretty a lot healthier because they don't eat so much meat, you know? Yeah. No, that's it's the cool. opposite here. Yeah. We eat a lot of meat. Yeah. We live in the country of abundance, and whenever there's abundance, people just go crazy on overboard on everything, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to get into a, a, a vegan conversation because <laughs> Joe and I will take up the whole podcast just talking about that. But but that's pretty cool. So so Indian food was your favorite when you came here? Yeah. A, any food that you were like, you thought it was going to be really good, and then you just didn't like it at all? Uh, McDonald's. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, what about it? I thought like this is, uh, you know, like when I see it, like on the commercials, like it looks really fancy, like oh McDonald's, and like when I talk with my family, they tell me, "Did you go to McDonald's?" Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> was, funny. This is no, no way. I'm <laughs> so yeah, like we think about it as really fancy a restaurant. Yeah. Like. Uh, chicken something mac chicken mac chicken, mac chicken. Yeah. and i didn't like it like from the, like the way like when i first see mac i said this is mac like no way yeah like it looks so clean so beautiful and like looks so healthy so delicious on the and the on the tv uh when i came here like just it's all burnt dry yeah, <laughs> yeah it you was know. like one one dollars burger i was like something <laughs> yeah you're like so at least you figured that out <laughs> yeah so mcdonald's was the disappointment yes don't worry about it it's a disappointment <laughs> to many people <laughs> that was actually a good thing too uh that's great so so now you, uh how'd you end up in san diego if you first went to san francisco in the east bay yeah so when i was in berkeley uh i have a lot of friends uh, there mm-hmm. and they came to study language and then they go to other schools and for one and one point like all my friends they just went to different uh, states yeah and i just felt like bored like 
and it was so cold you know berkeley weather mm-hmm. i didn't like it it's always foggy and stuff yeah. and i went one time to san diego just for a visit like vacation three days and i just love it there and oh, i san was beautiful yeah like just first time going to san diego i was like man that's so beautiful you're like, this is the United States that I was expecting when I first yes. came from Syria, right? You're like, a bunch of white people and it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, beautiful, like the beach is so beautiful, like yeah. the buildings like so clean, like it's, it feels like more modern mm-hmm. city than San Francisco. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm spending same money here in Berkeley, why I just go to San Diego? I want to live in San Diego. You're like, I like this city. Where's the school? Okay, we'll go to that one. Yeah, that's funny because that's kind of how I chose my college. Like, I grew up in San Jose and kind of got sick of it and just wanted to leave. And I went down to LA and I love going to LA. So I wasn't smart enough to get into UCLA. So I went to Cal State LA. (laughs) And I didn't want my my parents didn't you know they didn't want to I didn't want them spending all kinds of money. So. Um, but yeah, it was because I love the city. That's why I chose my college in, in LA. Everything about San Diego, like I want to go back. Actually, oh yeah? There. Like, so, even after I graduate, I stayed there for like two years. Okay. I was studying CBA mm-hmm. and before like I get a job here, like I have a job opportunity in San Francisco mm-hmm. and that's why I moved here. Oh, so the job brought you back. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) So do you kind of regret it or you kind of wish you're still in San Diego or are you kind of like okay with how everything worked out? No, actually, like, I don't regret anything in life. Yeah, that's good. Uh, That's a good philosophy. And I just like, wherever, like, I find opportunity, I just go. That's awesome. I don't care, just... I just go. There you go. You have, bliss. yeah, yeah. You have that immigrant mentality for sure, though. Just chase opportunity and and take advantage of it, you know. And so, when you were in San Diego, did you have family there, or were you just kind of by yourself, friends? Just friends. Yeah. Okay. By is, myself. Is there a lot of Syrians in San Diego? I know. I haven't met any. None. None. Where's the largest Syrian population in California? Uh, so right now we have big community in San Diego right now in El Cajon. Okay. They just like four or five years ago they started coming from uh, Jordan. Uh huh. So the like the UN brought them here like as an immigrant. Oh okay. So whoever like tried to escape or like went from Syria, they have them in Jordan for a few years. Uh huh. And then they help them to come here to United States. And then they ended up in El Cajon. Yeah, they have yeah. Them in El Cajon. You know what El Cajon means in English? The drawer. The drawer? Yeah, like a drawer for clothes and stuff. That's what it means. (laughs) So they put them in the drawer. (laughs) They they have a lot of Iraqi there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So I think that's why a lot of Syrian went there because like Mm. a big Iraqi community and they speak Arabic and like you have like Arabic store markets Mm -hmm. and food and everything. So... So a lot of the people from the Middle East, like from the war, basically, or the the the, you know, well, not, yeah, basically the war war torn countries, um, were sent to San Diego area. Yes. Oh, yes. that's El interesting. Cajon area. Yeah. That's interesting. Hmm, I wonder why. Yeah. Well, so you're in you're in San Diego, and then the job opportunity came up and brought you back to the, the to San Francisco. Yeah. Um, is your family in San Francisco? Uh, my family in L.A. In L.A.? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you came here to see your family and you've never been actually 
Yeah. Where they live. <laughs> yeah. What part of LA? Culver City. Oh, okay. Culver City. Yeah, yeah. Culver City. So like north. Because I lived in LA for 10 or So when a Bay Area person says LA, hmm. they're talking about the whole LA County, Orange County. Yes. Like there's tons of counties and cities. Right. That would be like someone saying Bay Area. Cause when, but when you talk to someone from L.A. or Southern California about L.A., they think just the city. Mm-hmm. So they're like, ew, I don't live in L.A. L.A.'s dirty. L.A.'s packed. I live in Orange County or I live in Culver oh, City. They, they right. don't consider it no, L.A. They don't consider yeah. the general area oh, L.A. Okay. So if you talk to somebody who grew up down there and they say, oh, you're from L.A., they're like, no, I'm not. Like, what do you mean? I'm from Culver City or I'm from um, Anaheim or I'm from West Covina. So if you say L.A. to them, they're thinking mm-hmm. actual L.A., okay. right? Um, it would be like saying, are you from San Francisco? But then you say Bay Area, it's San Francisco, Hayward, East Bay. So that's just something I wanted to share with you guys and yeah. the people out there listening. When you talk to somebody from Southern California, don't say, are you from L.A.? Because they're going to look at you weird because they're like, they think just L.A. Because L.A. is one city, right? Mm-hmm. L.A. County is like hundreds of cities and towns and all that kind of stuff then you have orange county then you have you know the san fernando valley and you I mean it's huge you know so your family's in culver city um do you go visit them often or yeah yeah do you like uh la too culver city area um first i didn't like it much yeah but like the more you know about la i think you start to like it like First time, like everything is like apart for me. Like you want to very go. far, yeah. Yeah, like because I'm used to San Diego. Like everything around Close, you. Yeah. Like, within thirty minutes, you go to the beach. Within thirty minutes, you go shopping. Thirty minutes, you go yeah. downtown. Like everything is around you. And LA, like just you want to go eat somewhere. Like you go like forty minutes. You know? Yeah. A lot of traffic. Too. Yeah. No, like I want to talk about that because like it's true. Mm-hmm. When we used to go to Costco, it took about five hours it was an hour and a half to drive to the nearest costco and then like an hour to two hours shopping and then another hour and a half back and there's traffic and this is on sunday so we used to have to plan a whole day just to go to costco the the nearest trader joe's was about 40 minutes but the crazy and the weird thing about southern california is when you drive you're always going through a city so it doesn't feel like you're driving that long Cause like it's just a, it's like a new city and then a new city, mm-hmm. so you, the experience doesn't feel like you're driving forty five minute distance, right? Yeah. Um, but you're traveling a very a very long distance, like yeah. yeah. So I mean, literally, like like if you had friends that lived like pretty far and it was past like a certain time of the day, like maybe three o'clock when traffic starts, there you're basically like, sorry man, I'll, I'll maybe see you tomorrow or <laughs> so again because yeah. yeah. It would take three hours to, to get there. Right. Well, we usually take about 30 minutes because traffic is so bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, so you didn't like LA that much, but you liked a little bit, a little bit better. Did you go around to different cities or just stay in the Culver City area? Yeah, I went around, but it's just like, as we said, like it takes 30 minutes, 40 minutes just to <laughs> go from one place. Yeah. But like right now, I have more idea where I want to go in LA. Yeah. When you know exactly where you want to go right. and the timing. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. They have good good areas. Yeah. yeah, the one the one really good thing about Southern California, I don't want to call it L.A., but Southern California, is there's always something to do there. You just got to drive to it. Like mm-hmm. if you want the beaches, you got Huntington Beach, Newport Beach, Venice Beach, like Long Beach, like all kinds of yeah. beaches. You drive there. If you want Hollywood, you go to Hollywood. If you want, 
and there's like pockets of segregated areas which is they don't do it on purpose it's not like like racism or anything but it's like certain cities are mainly one race like mainly asian or mainly african-american or mainly hispanic right um so it kind of works that way like if you want to go to that type of crowd you just drive to that that general area and boom you're like in the middle of like whatever you want right um but yeah so so then uh your family's in la but you're you're up here in in what job did you get first when you when you came up here so i started doing accounting for construction (laughs) company okay and i wasn't making much money with accounting you know Uh and that's uh and i got like a chance to work in construction company not doing accounting doing like kind of management Uh and they told me like if you come with us and do the certification as a special inspector and do do like the engineering certification then you get you make more money like double what you're making now wow and that's why like also like i need i was in that point um you know like my major is accounting and that was my focus Mm -hmm. but like i need the money like i need to support myself support my family yeah with everything going on then i said i just gonna go for the other thing you know how how long did it take you to, to get the certificates so um it took me like around like a year okay and that was like fast like i yeah. was like just go to work come back study for the certifications okay. and uh, within like a year i took like five certifications wow and i get like three times raise really <laughs> within a year wow and so you like more than doubled your income in within a year yes wow and so it seems like the 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 schooling in syria kind of helped you get those cert- certifications faster because it was basically like being back in school in syria you just read and study and then take a test that's true yes that's kind of crazy yeah i'm really good at certifications actually like okay. whatever something certification i like to take the certification yeah <laughs> so. do you think it's because of the way you learned how to study back at home in yes. your home yeah because yeah. it makes sense that's what you were doing there right just basically study 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 test yeah study, study, exactly study, study, that's test. that's what the certification you study for it and then you go to the test yeah so. it's either pass or fail and that's it yeah right wow that's cool and so um after you got all these certifications you more than doubled your income and uh and then what was your job title after that so uh icc special inspector okay and what is what does that entail for people who don't know what that is we work with the foundation. Like we make sure, like the contractor is following uh, the details and drawing from the engineer okay. or from the city. Mm-hmm. So mainly, like you want to uh, build a new hotel. Like I was an inspector at the hotel, uh, Isfo Hotel, Hayat Hotel. Oh wow! They start with the building, so we have the drawing. Like the engineer mm-hmm. did the drawing, the, the city, the blueprint, the blueprint, uh-huh. the city approve it. And then the contractor start building it according to those drawings. So my job to make sure uh, the contractor following those drawings. Okay. Mm-hmm. So do you have the blueprint yourself and you just kind of kind of compare it or how does exactly, that work? Exactly, yes. Okay. So they, they schedule us like, okay, today we are doing like the first floor. So I, I go and I get all the drawing for the first floor, like uh, the rebar size, uh, the spacing between the rebar. What should go inside this and just go around and talk with the contractor make sure like he's i have to like it's a visual inspection i have to see like it's following the drawing Mm -hmm. if there is a mistake i need to tell him like this is you're not following these details Mm -hmm. 
so they have to fix it. Uh, once they fix everything, I have like I write a report, sign it off. Like this is like according to the drawing. Wow! So your job's pretty important, actually. Yes. <laughs> so and, that uh, that if that hotel in San Francisco falls apart, <laughs> they, they came after. Me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, um, did you uh, did you feel kind of like confident when you first started, or were you kind of nervous, or you just felt yeah. like? So I start like with a small project okay. and under like supervision uh-huh. until I gain the experience and get the certifications. Even like for the certification, they don't give you the certification until you have two years experience in the construction. Oh, okay. So I got the two years experience. I got the certifications before I get the experience. Oh, wow. And then I was like learning. I know exactly what's going on. And yeah. I was under like supervision Yeah. until like I finished the two years. So it's like and field training. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then start taking like more bigger projects and stuff. I don't know where they came up with the two year thing. You guys know? Like experience. Like experience. Uh, everything is two yeah, years. Yeah. Like what's, where did two years come from? If anybody knows where two years came from, leave please comment. leave it in the comments below. Because when you graduate from any school, they're always like, oh, but you need two years experience. And you're like. But I've been in school for the last four years. How am I going to get two years experience, right? I'm just curious where they got the two years from. That's kind of interesting. So you, so then you've been doing construction. And, uh, you know, tell us about, you know, I mean, were you enjoying that or? Yeah, so. How many years have you been doing that now? Uh, almost five years. Okay, so pretty good, pretty good amount of time. Yeah. So yeah, like first two years was like learning and getting certifications. And then right now I got all the certification in my field. Uh-huh. And my salary, like that's it, I reached the top. So you're capped I, out. I it. capped out, yeah. out of the ceiling. And um, so again, like th- talking about like the American dream. Yeah. Like I was thinking like once I graduate and I'm doing this job, I'm making six figures income. I will be able, you know, like to buy a house and yeah. live and, you know, <laughs> relaxing life and yeah. stuff. And then start like thinking like, okay, like I'm getting taxed like 30%, 35% yeah. of my income. Maybe more even. Yeah. A lot of the money like is yeah. gone. Because you're, you're not married, no kids, no home. So yeah. like no write-offs. So Uncle Sam's like, hey. Yeah. So 35% of whatever I was yeah, making. Pretty much, right? And uh, I was like thinking, okay, I'm working. I was working when I was at the hotel. I was working like 14 hours a day, 16 hours a day. Wow. And working like six days a week. Uh, It was really tough, you know. And uh, I was thinking, okay, if I'm going to keep doing this like my whole life, like how much money I'm going to make? Then I start like calculating. Okay. Ah, You started using your accounting there. Started using my accounting. (laughs) There you go. Let's see, like, if I'm saving, like, okay, saving 30000 a year, yeah, and I want to buy a house, I'm going to, like, like, there's no way I'm going to buy a house yeah. in the Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah, like, $1 million house. Yeah. Like, how much? So, start feeling like it's not really worth it, you know, killing myself doing this and, like, working 12 hours, 14 hours a day, and at the end, like, there's nothing to show for nothing it. nothing to show for yeah and then i start like learning more about like entrepreneurial like stuff and starting learning about so the, the mindset so that's what that's what kind of kicked you into gear of 
entrepreneurial route. Yes. So first first two years because like I have like students loan and stuff. Yeah. So I was in debt. So I want to pay off that. So I was working really hard. Uh-huh. So I pay off all my students loan, mm. all my awesome. credit cards. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. So it was done within like two years. And wow. And then I start thinking, okay, like if I gonna keep, I have like two options in that time, like if, like work eight hours and I will have zero saving. Or I gonna be working ten, twelve hours, and save like twenty, thirty thousand a year, yeah. and it's still nothing. Yeah. So I, from that moment, I know like just being an employee is like not worth it. Yeah. I have to find something else. Yeah. And uh, start like thinking about like different businesses. From there, like I start reading more about like personal development yeah. and about like, entrepreneurship. So the universe started to open up the world of entrepreneurship and mindset to you and said here you go hatim yes uh, that's pretty cool this is like thing like you ha- you have to ask for it like, yeah it's not gonna come to yeah. you like once you, you have to want it like once you say okay like this is not working yeah i need to change something should change yeah and then the solution is gonna start to come to you that's very interesting though because there's a lot of immigrants that come here and they get stuck in the american nightmare right like uh, they because they think it's american dream or maybe they're just happy having a job you know because some people would just kind of be like i guess this is it and just give up you know Mm -hmm. did you have entrepreneurial family members or where did that spirit because every person that i meet that's an entrepreneur or they kind of go on that route they had some type of mentor or example of an entrepreneur when they were young Mm -hmm. or something happened maybe like what happened like you did all this work and you're like what's wrong <laughs> like was there was there like a, a mentor when you were young or was it just because you did everything that you were supposed to do and realized that you weren't going nowhere yeah actually like my family like just believed in me when i was like a okay. kid and they always like think okay you're gonna do something great in the future that's you're awesome gonna be awesome in the future and like but the mindset was okay like you're gonna like go to a company and be like ceo for the yeah, company or yeah. something just like i have this mindset since i was like kid you know my family like this is how they raised me mm. so when i was working and i see myself not going anywhere and you're like oh shoot <laughs> and then i start thinking where is that ceo who's yeah. gonna be super successful <laughs> yeah. <and stuff? laughs> that's not <laughs> so that's that's pretty cool though because it's because of the family pouring belief into you when you were young yeah that when you got to this point where you were like, this is not what I was meant to do. Like, I'm meant to do something bigger. Exactly. And that's what kind of pushed you to start seeking. And then the universe started to open up. Exactly. So that's pretty cool. I mean, thank you to Hatem's family for pouring belief into him, right? And by the way, if you have kids, if you're raising kids, pour belief into them. Like, tell them they can do whatever they want to do. I was watching a a documentary on Tua Tagovailoa. He's the first Samoan born uh pro quarterback he was drafted by the dolphins he played at alabama the number one college in football he won a national championship there and they're telling a story all his family were doing the same thing his grandpa his grandpa just poured belief in him all the time you're special you're gonna make our name be known worldwide you're gonna be the best and because of that he was subconsciously programmed that i'm gonna be do something great and he's the first samoan born a professional quarterback ever and he won a national champion at the number one the biggest and best uh college in football alabama and yeah so that's important i mean so if you guys are out there listening um 
do your kids a favor and do yourselves a favor and pour belief into them. You know, a lot of times parents um, or just people, they have a, they pour more fear, worry, and doubt into their kids than belief, right? And, uh, uh, but yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, I mean, like, my situation was, like, really good, you know, having, like, really good job, like, that's considered a really good job, yeah. what I'm doing right now as like construction inspector yeah and like the money i'm making also like consider really good yeah, like, yeah compared to what though right yeah yes and but still for me like was this is not yeah. what i'm supposed to do like, that's really um, good for someone who's average or middle yes. class yes. that's not very good for someone who wants to do something great in their life yes does that make sense and again if you're out there and you have a job and you're happy with it that's your bliss i'm not saying that that's wrong but i'm saying that if like Hatim, you were you had a bunch of belief poured into you, like like and my father was very ambitious, very entrepreneurial growing up. He he ended up having a job, but when I was young, when I was growing up, I saw him always opening restaurants, like always wanting to be the best. So I learned that, like, and I never wanted to just settle. You know what I mean? So that was that's kind of really cool. I mean, I, we never asked this, but do you have siblings? Are you like? Yeah, I have two sisters. Two sisters? Are they younger yeah. or older? I have one younger, one older. Oh, so you're the middle child. Yes. The middle child, you see the forgotten one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but right. you're the boy probably, right? I'm the boy. And yeah. Actually, like, I was so spoiled when I was a kid. Okay. Like, my family, like, is, you know, bring me everything. Uh-huh. So, my life was super easy, like, back there in okay. Syria. So, you were treated like a king, basically. Yeah, and then came back here, and I just realized, like, I should, you know, be more responsible uh -huh. and just, like, do what I have to do. That's pretty cool, though, because most people who had everything given to them when they were young, they don't do anything, you know? Uh, you actually developed the, 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 the take action and, and make yourself successful. <laughs> yeah because like our family usually like big we have like three four yeah. five so our family have three like two sisters and me uh -huh. so they usually like they like to have two sons or three yeah. sons yeah what is it about that because I, I know even in the hispanic culture um sons are treated well the girls treated like a princess in the hispanic culture and then the boys just like gets to do whatever they want um is is it something because of the culture or i think yeah the culture and like also like if you have two boys like they have to go to the military one of them go to the military oh. once he's done the other one okay the other one go to the military so like they have this kind of mentality like you could lose one of them oh wow because of the military and so uh -huh. So if you lose one, you have one spare. Or <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. We got this one. We, got this we one. lose that one. But for we you, you're the only that. one. So they had to make sure you're protected, I guess, right? Yes, or exactly. that you survive. Wow, that's crazy. So your uh, your drive to to do more came from all the belief that your family was poured into you. Yeah. And obviously, you were the only boy. So you were special because in your culture, the, the boy is very important, right? Yeah. Um, not to say the women are not important, but the boys of uh, of importance, and uh, so all that belief that was poured into you by your family uh, made you want more, right? Yeah. So now you're seeking entrepreneurship, and you're seeking, you know. So tell us about your your beginning entrepreneur journey because I know you had done a couple different businesses, and yeah. you know. So 
first let me, let's go just go back a little bit about sure. being a boy go ahead. in the culture so being a boy like kind of special because the the male he is supposed to provide for the family so like for like the girls like they are not required or like they don't ask them to provide oh okay so like if you are a husband you are the one who provide for the family and um, if like even like for the girl like if she don't get married her brothers should provide for her oh like okay once, like her her father first like provide once he pass out uh her brothers like provide for her so like the boy like they treat him kind of special because like he's gonna be the one who's working and providing but like right now with this uh economy like everyone working right now like, okay. there is not just the boys like my mom works and my father works oh okay so both of them work and uh, even like this in my family like male and female both of them right now have jobs okay but still like they are not required to provide like yeah. this is just something like extra to help the husband uh -huh. but like mainly the male he's the one should be yeah. providing so the man is a provider yes um, what if two women were together Oh, I don't know if that <laughs> I don't know if that will go down in Syria. <laughs> we we don't have this yet. So. Okay. I can't. Well, they do, but it's probably like it's not public, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. But, but they're both like working hard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. I mean, you could talk about that. I mean, we don't. I mean, what's it? But like, because it's it's important to know, like, like you know, we're fortunate we live in the United States, very especially a liberal part of the United States, right? right? right. But I mean, you know. That type of stuff in Syria, like you know, uh, it's not really safe for somebody, right? That would that were or looked looked uh, upon. Yeah, it's it's not like something common, and also like the culture, like they don't support this until now. What would happen if like there was a couple who was openly gay or openly you know out there lesbian uh, so, in Syria? What do you think would happen? So I, I haven't been in Syria for 10 years. And mm -hmm. A lot of things have changed right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure. But like I'm saying like 10 years ago when I was there, uh, it wasn't common. Like I didn't know like someone like gay, like in public mm -hmm. or saying like I'm gay. Just this is like not in the culture. Just okay. We are like really like conservative culture. Yeah. So we, we don't talk about this. Okay. So just I... I I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We don't have to worry. Yeah, we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's the beauty of being in the United States and being in this part of culture, um, especially California and the Bay Area. It's very, you know, open, very, very, you know, accepting to a lot of stuff. Um, so, so the boys are meant to provide. Yeah. So you're basically like the retirement for the parents. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like that's the 401k. <laughs> Yeah. 401 hot them right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so no wonder boys are very important right yeah yeah and, so boys yeah the providers so, so, yeah, and then the women usually marry off to a provider yes right? so they marry off to another man who's supposed yeah. to provide right yeah but like as i said like right now like both like male female both they have jobs yeah both of them they they have education and mainly like in a lot of situation right now girls have more education than boys oh because oh. like girls like they don't uh, like they are not providing yeah. for the family. They so could just they, go to school forever, right? Exactly. They go to school forever. And the guys, like, in one point, they 
they have to start working and yeah. you know make money so they have to basically get their career get their degree and then get to work and start providing for the family yeah do they get married pretty young in syria or is it different now so usually like just after you graduate like one year from the graduation uh-huh. so like you are 23 years 24 this is like that's pretty young actually yeah are there like arranged marriages so mostly yes mm. but like the way the way arranged marriage is so like my family no other family they have like a daughter and then they ask them they know the family they know the father they know yeah. everything about them and then the guy go and see the the girl and yeah. if they like each other then they get married it's well, not like something forced no uh, so you get a choice right you get a choice yeah for That's sure Good. Yeah. It's like, you yeah. know, the way I think about it is like Tinder. Seriously. <laughs> You're like left or right. Uh, yeah. But it's Tinder, but like your family doing the work. <laughs> like you, they go. Your mom okay. and dad are swiping left and right for you. <laughs> yeah. Once they agree on someone and then yeah. you go and like if you guys agree. This is like man, like most relationship right now is like that. I mean, I, like how, how how you meet someone, you know? Yeah, you get, so they say the number one the number one way that people meet is by being introduced by somebody else. Yes. But now number two is online. Right. Yes. In this country, by the way, right? So, so that's Syrian Tinder over there, right? Yeah, <laughs> the so the parents right. control that, right? <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah. But, I, yeah. The way they say it, like arranged marriage, like the way when they say it, like it feels like they force you like to get married but they they, they don't and uh, like they, they don't force the girl they don't force the guy yeah they just get them together yeah and if they like each other they get married and it's very quick actually once they like each other it's like boom few yeah ones, yeah because because um syria is mainly muslim or is there different religions there so yeah you can say like uh, 70% muslims and so correct me if i'm wrong but in the muslim culture the the males are not even supposed to date or do anything with the girl until they're married right that's true yeah so that's why they do it real fast cuz they're like man i've been waiting 23 years <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like i need to get this done yeah <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> no, but you know it, it is yeah. kind of like that though right if they're true practicing muslims right like um cuz i've known i've had some friends that were like muslim and uh, like strict, strict, stricter ones, right? Or like I watch TV shows, like they show the 90 Day Fiance. This guy's from Jordan, right? And he's Muslim. Mm. And he's basically a virgin. And he's trying to marry this American girl who's like, has like bikini pictures on Instagram. And like his family is like really angry thinking, you know, your girlfriend's uh, this and that. And she's yeah. putting shame to our family. And and he's just like in love with her and he's had never been with anybody right um and so yeah it's kind of, is it kind of like that similar like in syria as far as like the men don't really date until they actually meet their wife or do they get to date and stuff so they have like few months to date but can you uh, date other women until you, it's going to be your wife or it has to be that one so it has like you get like kind of engagement mm-hmm. when like you go and you see the girl mm-hmm. and like the f- y- like there's like acceptance you know so you guys kinda kind test of test drive you have engagement <laughs> like yeah. you have a like kind of engagement yeah and if everything went well with the engagement few months whatever you know yeah and you guys want to continue then you can continue if you want just to break it you break it so so, so you get a chance before you actually marry to, to test it out. You get test drives in Syria. Yeah. 
It's not. It's like same here. Like why why people take uh, do engagement? Yeah. Or like here, like the way they do it, they like they live together. Yeah. They try like the marriage life for a yeah. few months. They live together. They do everything, and then they see. if they like it, they continue or not. They break up. So in Syria, like you don't do anything. You just like you meet, you talk, and. Like there's no touching, so yeah, that's what I mean. Like no, no physical touch, <laughs> no right? No physical touch, no, no kissing. And you can't even kiss in public, right? No, you can't kiss. In wow, public. do they are the women covered in Syria too, or is it kind of just they don't have to be covered? No, you don't need to have to be covered. But it's still they still follow the values of the yeah, like no touching until marriage and all yes. that kind of stuff. Wow. That's so crazy. This is like, you know, the rules. But, you know, there is always, you know, yeah, something. Yeah, I, I know there's, but like, uh, as long as the parents don't find out, that's what yeah, it is, right? You know, like, <laughs> even, like, for dating, you know? Yeah. When we were younger, like, you like you date and stuff. Yeah, but, like, yeah. the parents doesn't need to know. Yeah, about, exactly, uh, right? So. Trust me, my parents, they don't need to know <laughs> my dating life, but. Yeah, but still, but, like, no touching. Like, you have to stay virgin, like, both stay virgin really? until marriage. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Uh, that's pretty it's pretty interesting right <laughs> Isaac don't like it like yeah <laughs> I mean as, as, I, I w- yeah I wouldn't say that I, I don't like it because if maybe if I grew up in the culture yeah it would be normal to me yeah. you know what I mean but in in my culture at least mm. not my culture in what I what America where when I grew up like in the 80s and the 90s mm. Especially the 90s. I think the 90s was like the love and sex generation, to be honest, because they had all those R&B songs like Joe to See and yeah, it was baby making music. So like literally like all the music, the most popular music in the 90s was like baby making music. Like it was music to have sex to basically. So like, and I, I don't even know what it is now. Like, I mean, it's probably super screwed up now because of social media and all that kind of stuff. But when I was coming up, like sex was a big thing like for young people like i remember i had friends that lost their virginity like at 10 and 12 and i'm like i, I lost my virginity at 16 and i thought i was one of the i was one of the oldest out of all my friends well shoot my parents are gonna find out <laughs> whatever anyways so i lost my virginity at 16 and i was i was the oldest of all my friends when when they lost their virginity right so um in in this in the culture that i grew up in in the bay area and in you know american culture like i mean kids are like having sex young like especially even now like you got 14 15 year olds getting pregnant you know like not married like just basically through through whatever so so i, I you know it's just different like i, I don't want to say that I, I, I would never say that yours is worse or mine is worse it's just different you know because i'm sure if i grew up in syria and i had a family that you know trained me and taught me that this is how life is supposed to be then it would be normal to me like i would i wouldn't even have the urge or the thought i mean obviously you have the urges because you're human right but but the um the 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 values would come in and be like no no i have to wait till we're married and all that kind of stuff right yeah it's like the whole system is like different like yeah it's not just this like just everything is different that's why like for us like it's normal you know? yeah and there's nothing wrong with it. It's normal for right. you guys, right? Yeah. Do you have a big, big family, like extended family, like uncles, aunts, and all that? Yeah. How many uncles and aunts and cousins do you have? So Roughly. <laughs> you probably don't know all of them, right? Maybe like 
20. 20? Okay. 20 uncles. And, and 20 uncles? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so, a lot. I thought I had a lot of uncles so and aunts. I think my mom has like 11 or 13 sisters and brothers. Wow. Uh, my father also have like maybe seven, eight. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... So back in those days, it's all about making kids. Huh? Yes. <laughs> Lots of 401ks, right? I mean, nothing else to do, I guess, right? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. So now that you're in American culture, how has that changed or has it changed anything? Or are you adapting to the American culture? Or like, I mean, do you have someone waiting for you back in Syria or someone picked already <laughs> that you have no. to be with them? Or can you, would your family be okay with you meeting somebody here in the United States? No, actually, I, I want to meet someone here. Okay. For sure, yeah. And yeah, my family support me. Just Do they have I, to be Muslim or? So for us, we prefer like to be like in the same family. Yeah. And like maybe like they prefer to be like in front same uh, city as mine. Okay. Or same country or Muslim or but in general, like I don't mind. Like if I find someone, you know, I really like and we have same mindset. Mm. Uh, I don't care about religions. Okay. So it's about the mindset. It's about the mindset. Mm. When I say I don't care about religion because I don't care what their religion is. But for me, I'm religion. I, I consider myself like spiritual and religion at the same time. Yeah. So you like believe like it's really important for me. Okay. So they have to at least if they're not Muslim, they have to be open to it or respect your beliefs. Exactly. Yeah. 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 They don't need to convert to Islam. Yeah. But they should like, we should have like same mindset. Yeah. Mindset's so important when when picking a partner. Like, yeah. uh, it's gonna be nothing but arguments if your mindset's not not the same. Like, I, mean, I can speak from that. Lots lots of experience, right? Um, but like, because a lot of times, you know, you choose somebody physically, right? Mm. But then as you get to know them you start to get to know their mindset and then that's when the problems start right because if you have different if you have different mindsets um then that's where the arguments come in and if they're not open to grow um then that's kind of where maybe people grow apart or whatever stuff like that the communication style is different and yeah oh yeah trust me i know all about that I, too i think also like what's their goal in life like yeah. some some girls like they just want to you know get married have kids and it's kind of for me this is like survival mindset yeah. yeah when like you don't have like big dreams you don't want to add value you don't want to do something big this is kind of the thing i look when i try when i looking for someone to date so you're looking for a very ambitious driven ambitious, yes and someone like at least if they don't want to do something at least you know they support me yeah or not hold me down yeah you know? Uh, I was watching something. I don't remember what I was watching, but it was a success thing. And they say basically the the person you marry, woman, man, um, is the most important factor in you being successful. Like behind every successful person, there's a strong partner, right? True. And behind every unsuccessful person, there's someone that's basically bringing them down or holding them back. So I remember my mom, shout out to my mom because she listens to this podcast all the time and gives me lots of awesome constructive feedback. Um, but my mom, you know, your parents always give you that one. I don't know if you guys, but like my parents gave me like this certain life lesson and you probably don't listen to 90% of what your parents say, right? But then sometimes like they say something super profound and it like gets tattooed on your brain. Well, my mom would always tell me, Isaac, the most important decision you'll ever make in your life, like ever, 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 ever. 
She's like, if you don't learn anything, this is what she said. She said, if you don't learn anything from me ever, learn this. She said, the most important decision you'll ever make in your life ever is the mate you choose. Because that will affect your life good or bad for the rest of your life. And I, I was like, okay. Like, I mean, I literally tattooed on my brain and maybe that's why I'm still single. <laughs> I'm like super picky or whatever. But uh, I can see how, you know, a good partner can make you better or, or make you worse. You know what I mean? So, so, so mindset is the most important thing for you. Yes, for sure. They also got to be f uh, physically attractive too, though, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, so, ladies out there, if you're uh, if you're watching, if you're listening, uh, Hatem's looking for a champion out there with a good mindset, and uh, you know, is open to his faith. And uh, I don't know if you want to add some other stuff right here. Else? This is not a dating uh, yeah. <laughs> dating uh, <laughs> podcast, but just know, just know, ladies, he's looking, he's looking, right? Um, so maybe we'll get you. Well, maybe we'll get you a, a matchmaker over here. <laughs> yeah, I can I can leave my Instagram so in the description. There you go. Right? <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll leave his Instagram later so you guys can yeah, hit him yeah, up, yeah. right? Um, but awesome. <laughs> okay, so um, so now let's get back to you're in your career. You did everything you were told, right? Like yeah. to to do the American dream. Got the degrees got the certifications, got the good job, got the six figures. And then you realize this is not enough. You start going on your entrepreneurial journey. Um, tell us about that. Like, you know, and then, uh, and then we'll kind of lead into how you ended up here. <laughs> so I try to do, so, you know, like in this point was my main focus is the money. Mm -hmm. I want to make more money. Mm -hmm. So I started doing like Amazon, selling stuff on Amazon. Yeah, Amazon um, FBA, they call it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I have like, um, I started learning trading currency, mm -hmm. trading Forex. Did you ever sell anything on Amazon FBA? Uh, just like maybe few. Because I, I was, the reason I asked is because I was looking into that for a little while. But it's, it's pretty, it's a lot of work. Like they make it seem like you could just, sell stuff and make all this kind of money but like no like so it's, it's a lot of work the thing about amazon you have to be like on the first you know first page first yeah. page and it's really hard to get to that page actually yeah because you need like first when someone like choose your product maybe you have the same exact product as someone else yeah but like yours has no, like zero reviews yeah like and then they're gonna look oh this guy have no reviews and that guy have like yeah two thousand yeah. that's then, how i shop actually yeah on Amazon. seriously yeah. so that's why it's it's really competitive like to get to that yeah to the first page the, and then i was i was actually even doing my own research like you got to go to alibaba you find the product you want hmm. and then you got to actually create like a upc code you got to deal with like shipping so i did all of that actually oh, so you went through the whole process yeah i went through the whole process so i got some stuff from china and then you have to print out the the code and like and you have to send it to amazon and yeah. stay there and then you have a website yeah. like amazon page and but the thing is yeah like you need to get like those reviews mm -hmm. and there's right now like companies who help you to do this like they take your account and they grow it for you yeah but they have all the resources you know they start texting everyone to do reviews for yeah. them. yeah i get texts like that all the time 
Yeah, just like you get free yeah. product, just you know, we want yeah. you to add a review and stuff. I got a postcard that said twenty dollar Amazon gift card if you go and fill out a review. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get those reviews you can so there is like there is potential on it and you can make money, but like that wasn't who I am. Yeah. It's just like I wasn't in alignment with it. Yeah, you're more chasing money than chasing fulfillment or yes. your bliss, right? So that's that was the problem. Like all the other things I tried to do, I was chasing money. Right. And, and they say never chase money because you'll never be fulfilled, right? So that's what happened. Like when I just realized that I have to follow, you know, my life mission, my yeah. purpose, my place, yeah. not following the money. Talk about that because I remember you telling me something interesting. So, because I know recently you found your purpose, right? Yes. And uh, talk about that. So I was like trying like to find my purpose for a long time <laughs> and because you know the way you start like trying you know to find your purpose they give you like kind of exercise and stuff yeah and i don't agree with all of that yeah and because it's like mental stuff they tell you what stuff you like and what stuff you are good at and mm -hmm. your life purpose should be like based on those things is it, is it the ikigai ikigai or whatever there is like a lot of things online, like online, you can do it, yes, testing, right? testing stuff. And this is like kind of mental exercise, but your life mission, it's, it came from your heart. Yeah, So you 100%. have to go deep in your heart and go deep, you know, inside a few, and then you, your life purpose is going to come to you. And for me, uh, I start having like dreams that I'm taking videos. Um, I have dreams. I'm holding my phone and taking pictures, videos. Then I wake up and I feel, where's the pictures? <laughs> yeah, you're like, wait, what happened? Where did it go? Right. <laughs> wait for you. I have it like for like a few times, had this dream. And then uh, one time I was watching YouTube. Her name is Sky. And her, her channel is Sky, uh, Sky Life. Okay. And she was like having like this beautiful video. And she, she have... Uh, she talked a lot about spirituality, about health. And I just saw the video and it was like so amazing. Like the quality of it, everything about it was amazing. Yeah. And then I was looking at it and I was say, okay, like I like to take pictures and take videos. And I want to do something, you know, to add value to others. Yeah. And then I thought, why, like, my life mission is to be, like, a continent creator or, like, filmmaker or make documentaries. Yeah. And that was so in alignment with me. Yeah. And I almost, like, cried when I find that out. Wow, like, that's I awesome. Was, wow. Like, yeah. How, that's when you know. Yeah. Actually. I was, like, how I didn't know about this earlier. Yeah. Like, it was just in my face. Like, yeah. how I didn't know about, like, making documentaries and short films. Uh, it's my thing, you know, my life purpose. Yeah. And then I just like, I was like for a moment thinking like, I have like an iPhone and my iPhone, like 256 gigas and it's full, like all pictures. And every time we go somewhere with a friend, I'm the one who taking all the pictures and mm -hmm. the videos. Yeah. But I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Because I have no experience with editing. Mm -hmm. So I know like the how is not important. When you have a dream, you have a goal. The how is not important. Just you need to find something you really love, you really enjoy, and something you are in alignment with. You're going to learn on the way. Just like how is not important. 
So when I found out like that's my life mission, I text my friend. I thought I finally found that's awesome my life mission, and then I just yeah I took like the first step, just start learning like what I need to do to create something amazing like this kind of videos. Mm-hmm. And then I start learning. Oh, there is like a software called like. Uh, Premiere Pro and there is that and you have to buy this camera and this mic and stuff so I start learning about all of that and I was like really so happy so like I was enjoying every step yeah you came and alive basically I came alive yeah exactly like I was man like so excited you know about everything every step of this process that's awesome and yeah I start like learning I know like uh, if you want the universe to start helping you out, like there are like seven steps around you you have to take. Once you take those seven steps, the universe going to just open doors for you. Uh-huh. What are those seven steps? Doesn't matter what your dream is. Like there is always seven steps you can make. Like doesn't matter what your goal is. You don't need to go buy expensive stuff or laying crazy stuff. Just there is like some steps around you. Mm-hmm. It's available for you right now. Mm-hmm. Once you do those steps, more like steps going to open for you. The universe is going to help you out. And that's exactly what I did. Like, okay, I'm going to learn this. I start watching YouTube. I start like thinking about it and start like taking classes online. And I start learning uh, editing. And then I did my first video and have it on instagram so my friend love it and actually i shoot this video uh, it was a trip uh, we went with my friend was one year ago uh, to dallas and uh, i i have some videos from my gobro and i just made one minute video and my friend love it and everything and then I said, okay, I'm going to continue. I did my second video, third video, and then Isaac saw one of these yeah. videos. <laughs> it was uh, that video from Instagram. And he was saying, like, um, do you know how to edit? I said, yeah, of course. Uh, do you need help? And he said, actually, yes, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing a podcast. Uh, are you free to, like, to meet some, sometime? I said, yes. How about today? He said, yes. I said, okay, where? <laughs> Yeah, same day. same day. It was crazy. Alignment. And then So literally the day before you posted that video on Instagram, I was sitting on my couch cuz I I was uh, you know, taking action. I was doing my steps too. Like the first step was I made a phone call to her. Second step was I actually recorded a video. Actually, first step was I re- I made a decision, yeah. right? Then I recorded that video like 15 minutes and I didn't even know anything about video recording, so I would make each video 30 seconds long. I wouldn't go longer than 30 seconds <laughs> because I didn't. I thought it was going to be too big or whatever. And then I remember we, we had already done a podcast, I think. Um, I don't even know what where we were in the process, but I was like, I was looking on Fiverr to try to um, pay a videographers, right? And these are people like in India and like Philippines and like different countries where, uh, like, I don't know them, you know, like... Yeah. I, I can't like like collaborate with them. I can't like they're probably good at what they do, but like it's not it's not going to be cooperative, right? And I was like, I literally was on my couch and I was like, I need someone who's local, who I can work with, who we can do the videos together. And then I don't even, it might even have been the same day. I don't even remember. But then literally, I'm looking through Instagram and then I see that video you posted. And I was like, because you're you're covering the camera, and I was like, hey. 
that looks like the videos that I've been watching. So I'm like, let me send him a message. And I was like, hey, Hatsum, are you, are you a videographer? He's like, what? Like I said, learning. And then and here we are. When was that? That was probably June or May? No, June. I think it's June. That was June. Mm-hmm. July, August, September. Here we are. Three months. Three months later. Bliss Seekers is in full force. We're live. We're, we're, you know, this is going to be, we've already got several podcasts in the books, right? And um, so people out there, like Hatem said, take your steps, like just make a decision, uh, you know, because we're here to inspire people to be able to do, to find your purpose and follow your bliss, right? If you know your purpose, if you know what you want to do, get rid of the fear, just take action. Don't have to be perfect. You know, done is better than perfect. You'll figure it out as you go along. And you'll start to see with our videos, like the first couple ones are maybe not the best, right? <laughs> you know, but it's okay. I love it like that because if someone, can, I want someone three years from now or two years from now, we have millions of subscribers and we're super successful and we're, and we're known all over the world. I want someone to go back to those first podcasts and be like, dang, like the bliss seekers didn't know what they were doing in the beginning. Right. And look at them now. Like, so and that's going to inspire people to take action. Right. So, um, so yeah, so we appreciate you. So now you found your purpose. You start taking your steps, right? And, and here you are, right? And so tell us a little bit about, you know, where you, where you want to go. Like, where are you headed? Where's your vision for, for this realm of content creation for you? So my main goal, like, just to inspire others and to add value. So I want to be making, like, short films about like just regular people you know okay. uh, who done something you know great in life yeah. or like they overcome bad situation and just give them a voice you know to be you know outside you know to inspire others yeah so my video is not like it's gonna be like for someone like super super successful mm-hmm. i want to just like put like the spotlight on someone like just regular like us you know yeah and how they can change their life and be successful speaking of that something came to me and i want to tell you guys this i'm going to say it on our podcast now i think i love that like i want to talk to just regular people too because there's so many podcasts out there that are interviewing famous people you know what makes us different why don't we why is tiktok so popular because it gives regular people the opportunity to become big yes you know what i mean because they don't they don't have to have a big name because it's only 15 seconds so you get tons of views so we could become like a TikTok of podcasts because we're going to have regular people and give them the voice and give them the opportunity and inspire them, right? So we're going to build this podcast with, I don't think they're regular people. They're people, right? But maybe they're not famous. Maybe they're not like superstars. We'll have famous people and superstars on here too. But if you're listening out there to our podcast, Bliss Seekers is going to give you the opportunity to share your story. Because everybody has a story. Everybody's done something in their life, right? And if you want to share that story, and if you want to, if you want the world to know, then you want to add value. Then we're here. We're, we're going to be here for that. So, so, so you want to head to to you know doing documentaries and films, and and helping those re- those regular people get yeah. their story out. Yeah, because like there's like no regular people. Like all of us have a story, right? And just like they are not famous or not in the media, but like they are doing something great. Or yes. Like maybe they are. They have really bad situation and they came over this and they they are living right now. Yeah. Place. So I want to just make kind of short movie about it and make it like nice, beautiful. So 
someone when see this like gonna stay the whole time yeah. watch it and learn from it and get inspired from it and also i want to share my experience like there's a lot of good things you know in this life and this world uh, there's a lot of people like doing something great too so i want to also like share my experience with doing those kind of stuff like in health in spirituality i just want to go there and record my experience and share yeah. it yeah uh, i think you mentioned something like or we were talking about this before about maybe one day we go back to syria when it's okay to go back and buy a bunch of gopros and give them out to like young young people you know that and inspire them to become creators you know yeah actually it was one of my goals like just you know once like i built the platform and then give the voice for someone who doesn't have a voice right so this is my channel gonna be there you go like giving a voice for someone yeah. who doesn't have a voice a voice to the voiceless Yes. <laughs> there you go, right? So don't steal that channel out there. That's Hotham's channel, yeah. the voice of the voiceless, right? Uh, that's cool. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, I, I think it's exciting as you guys can all see, like, you know, we're all kind of on the same page. And I think we have something here as far as like giving normal everyday people the opportunity to share their experiences and and because like you said they're all doing something big you know yeah. i know so many people even in my previous in my business in my previous career who are doing amazing things and just nobody knows about it exactly yeah that's, that's yeah. the thing like you need like to come and share it with others yeah like. so I'm, i want to be the voice for those people you know my business partners or you know any other people that are actually considered normal people because they're not famous or whatever but they're actually doing amazing things in their life. They're actually helping people. They're they're building businesses. They're 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 inspiring. They're you know like when you went to Guatemala, like you know like the the photographs you took and you know by the way, Joe wants to share uh, and help people through her photographs, right? I do. Yeah, yeah, I want to be the voice for the people all over the world. So through photographs. Yeah. Well, they say a picture's worth a thousand words, so that's going to be a lot of words from yeah, those photographs. I have, I have a big vision. You want to share it with everybody real quick? Um, so what I did in Guatemala like a year ago, I volunteered at a nonprofit organization um, through a school, with a school. And um, I just noticed like all the little kids, right? And how, what a, the idea came about was like, I can take photos for these kids and basically, uh, you know, bring them exposure for the school. So all, all over the world can know about it and everyone back home. And then they can find a way to like donate and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So that's that's one of the things. Yeah. Do. do you want do you want to do it like a like as a a, a book or I like a website? About, you know what? I thought about creating a photo book, but I really wanted to do a photo exhibition. Oh wow! That'd be cool. Well, maybe twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, awesome. uh, like an art show, like you know, there's art shows. Yeah. There's photo mm. exhibitions. There's a lot of photos I've never shown to the world yet. Wow. So it's gonna be special. Yeah, we gotta do it. I mean, those photos are gonna like basically fundraise, you know, going to the art show to the you know, it's gonna I wanna have a fundraiser yeah. for those kids. See so a certain percentage of all the proceeds from yeah. these photos is gonna go to help these causes. So basically, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So Hotim will do all the documentaries. You'll take yeah. the photos yeah. and we'll all talk about it yeah. <laughs> on this That's podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and we're the document everything. Yeah. 
Yeah. Speaking of documenting everything, you guys have something coming up in a, a few days. Uh, you want to yeah, talk about like that? Week, yeah. Um, so you've done ayahuasca. You I have done, done that. First ceremony I did my first ceremony in June. Yeah. Yeah, three months ago. I've never done it. I've always wanted to do it for like the last year. Um, you've done yours. You want to yes. share the story about your first? Yeah. Tell us about that, Hatim. So I was studying a lot about like energy and like what's energy what's vibration and um one of the best like or one of the best book i read was uh dr joe dispenser book mm, he's um, awesome yeah i love his book like I, I i like i read all of his books already wow and he has a book called uh, how to become supernatural in this book he talk about energy and like the chakras system and the third eye and vibration and stuff and i was like really interested in this i don't know i feel like i'm attracted to that and i want to learn more about it so i heard about ayahuasca like you go there and it's open your third eye and <laughs> you see stuff and, yeah and i was okay i'm gonna do this and then yeah so i went to a retreat three days retreat in uh, florida okay and I had my first ayahuasca experience. And, and so you did You did how many ceremonies? So uh, we start like the first ceremony was Friday night. Okay. And like we took like one dose and then we took uh, two dose in the morning. And then Whoa. two dose at night, Saturday night. So that's five doses within 24 hours. Yes. Wow. <laughs> That was a lot. Like, if you are listening, you want to try it, don't do it. Yeah. You just one one dose, you know, yeah. every 24 hours. So if you've done ayahuasca, um, leave it in the comments. What do you think about Hatem doing five ceremonies within 24-hour period? Like, yeah. is that legal? I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so tell us about that. So uh, first time I tried it, and was like the first time was like really like intense mm -hmm. and mainly like when when you first like do the ceremony you take the shot you wait like 30 minutes 15 minutes depends each one is different and then you start seeing like geometric shapes going you see like the geometric shapes yeah. go inside and colors mm -hmm. then you start to see beautiful things you never seen before and then you leave this planet to other dimension, <laughs> like you are gone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I mean, five shots. Yeah. That was actually my first one. Oh, this is the first one? Yeah. My so first you left one, the planet after the I first one. I was gone. I oh, was wow. in different dimension with the first one. Wow. Yeah, because I think because my diet was good and yeah. I don't smoke, I don't drink. Yeah. So in the first shot, I was gone. And the feeling was like... Uh, you know, like if you are like asleep for like afternoon and mm -hmm. someone wake you up and you don't know what's going on. Yeah. That was like my spirit. Wow. When I took the first shot, it felt like my spirit was like asleep, like its whole life. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it's just awakened. And wow. I was like, what's going on? Like my spirit <laughs> was alive, you know? Yeah. And then here is like the the main thing so if i ask you like isaac who can you introduce yourself what you're gonna tell me 
introduce myself to you. Yeah. Like I'm Isaac and I'm 42 and you're from San Jose. From San Jose, grew up in the Bay Area, entrepreneur. Yeah. Yada, 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 right? Yeah. Yeah, But that's not who you are. Okay. You think, you think I am Isaac. Right. I'm this. So I thought I am Hatem. I'm 33 years old. I'm from Syria. I'm an engineer. Yeah. That's who I think I am. But like, actually, you are just a spirit having a human experience. Right. So this is what Ayahuasca did with me. So, okay, what's your name? My name is Hatem. So that's gone. I don't remember my name, who I am, my family. All of that was gone. Oh, wow. But I was still conscious. Yeah. I was there, but like my memory about myself, my name, my family, uh, where I'm from was gone. Wow. So I'm 33 years old. I'm male. That's gone. I don't have a body. So I don't remember my so, body. So um, you were your spirit, basically. I was a spirit. So it's like Ayahuasca was doing this with me. Like the medicine was doing this with me. Like, okay, you don't have a body right now. Who are you? <laughs> wow. That's okay. crazy. I'm from Syria. That's who I am. No, you're not. Not <laughs> Syria's gone. The whole universe was gone. Wow. And I was still there. Hmm. So, like, I'm, I'm not dreaming. I was, like, really conscious. So I'm, I, was, I was awake, conscious, but... My name was gone, my family was gone, the universe was gone. I was just a spirit. And that's how I felt. Like, that's it. I'm a spirit. Wow. And I was like in the void for a while. <laughs> wow. And Honestly, you probably don't even know how long you were there for. Yeah. yeah. This is like after I came back from, uh, from the re- retreat, like everything in my life, like kind of it changed, like. That's the time when I said, I'm not here to like uh, try to follow the money. I'm not here for the money. I'm not here like, I'm here for like a huge purpose. I'm here for a reason. And start to like go more deep in religion, go more deep in this because I saw the truth. Like I'm not like my body. There is other dimension. There is, you know, something else out there. And uh, that was my first, my first shot. Like I was like this. That was just the first. That's my my oh first, my, my first experience. I was like just there, and I was asking about like Doctor Joe Dispenza, and I like uh, Bob Proctor, so I just saw them there as a consciousness. Oh wow! Yeah, I saw like I saw like Doctor Joe Dispenza. I feel like his. I feel like he's there. Wow! I didn't see like his face pictures on. I didn't see my face. But I you was, just felt the consciousness? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I felt like, oh, he's, this is Dr. Jordan Spence. Oh, this is Bob Proctor. They wow. were there. And, uh, Did they say anything to you or you just kind of felt some, someone there? No, I just felt them. Hmm. And I just know like everything like, right now. It's just like, so the thing is when you are there, everything is like 100% real. And everything we're doing here, it feels like a dream. Mm-hmm. And before we did the ceremony, they told us like we're gonna like after a few hours, you we're gonna go to the kitchen and we're gonna eat dinner. And I remember that somehow, and I was laughing. No way, we're not coming back. That's it. <laughs> this is where we live. <laughs> so you just wanted to stay in that moment. In that yeah, moment. it was like so free. I was I felt so free in mm-hmm. that moment, and I was laughing about my experience as a human. Like, why why I go to work and do this and right. do that and do that? And it's that. like identity like, was gone. 
your whole identity. Yes. Your conditioning and everything. All conditioning, mm-hmm. all your identity, all your body, and all your memory, everything was gone. You are just the spirit, just the consciousness. And well, like you say, because we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Yeah. Our body is what keeps all the trauma, all the memory, all the hurt, all the pain, all the, it's all there. When we're released from the body, the spirit is happy. The spirit is like, that's why they call it like, you go to heaven or whatever, or what, I I don't know. But um, that's why you were happy because you basically, for some, somehow you detach from your body and there's no pain in the spirit. The spirit's happy. Spirit's infinite. Spirit travels through the universe and time. Well, they say time is just an illusion, right? Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. So that was the first one. Yes. And then what happened on the second one? Second one kind of like scary. Oh, really? So I went to like um, the dark side. Oh, geez. And I don't know. I don't want to scare you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I should talk about it. I think you told me already. I don't care. I mean, whatever. I'm going to say it and see. Maybe we keep it. Maybe not. Yeah. So, in in religion, you know, like, Satan is something, like, big. Like, we talk a lot about Satan. And, yeah. like, he's going to try to take you to hell. And you talk, we talk a lot about, like, entities. They're going to possess you and stuff. Yeah. So, all of that in my subconscious mind, all of that, I fear that, like. Yeah. So I think that's why, like, when I was there, I saw, like, Satan was there. Mm. And I was, like, face to face with him. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, um, Did you punch him? I, was, I wasn't <laughs> able to do anything. So I was just, like, I kept holding to my, saying one thing. I was saying, God is love, God is love. Mm. This is the, the only yeah. thing I was saying. Mm. And then, like, Satan tried to tell me, like, you get the money, you want money, you want fame, I will help you to get that. And I was, no, God is love, God is love, yeah. God is love. In our and ceremony, we used to say, amor y luz, which is love and light, love and light, love and light. Yeah. Yeah. So and I was like, I was like, uh, same thing, like I was in the spirit world. Like I'm, I'm still don't remember my name, my family, everything was gone. Mm. But I saw like uh, my body, like in, in like kind of a table and it has like the star the satan satan star mm-hmm. my body was there and satan life was like you are dead and like i start hearing like voices like you sold your soul to satan oh wow and i was saying no god is love god <laughs> is- so you were fighting that like you weren't like surrendering to that yeah yeah, Darkness. I was like just saying, yeah, I wasn't surrounded. Just yeah. was saying just God is love, God is love. And I know like he didn't tell me who, who, who he is, but like I just know. And uh, Like there's like no talking, but like you know, you see something and you know it. And you don't have eyes, you don't see it with your eyes, but like somehow you see it and you know. And he started telling me like um, about like there is like no God and there is like it's only me and you have to worship me and I will give you money, fame, stuff. And I was, no, God is love. God is love. I know he is the dark. And uh, I just felt also like I saw myself like dying so many times, like dying and then staying alive and then dying again. (laughs) And then 
Like dying how? How do you mean? Like you were killed or you just kind of like left consciousness? Yeah, I think um, like, like, you know, like I'm alive. I'm normal. Like I see myself like regular. Then I'm dying. My spirit leaving my body again. And then it came back. And then <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's kind of a route. And then I saw like the area where we do like the ceremony. Mm-hmm. I just saw that area like in the sky, you know, just that area. And everything else around that area was gone. So I can't see the people around me. I can't see like everyone in the ceremony. But I feel like everything outside this was gone. And when I was like, look at that, I felt like I'm going to die here and going to stay here. And I'm not going to leave this. And I felt like this is my grave. Oh, wow. And I'm not going back again. (laughs) And I think some, some part of it, because when you t- take the ayahuasca, first, like, it's gonna, it's one to teach you something. Yeah. Like, even if it's scary or not, it's one to teach you something. And the other thing, like, you start to waking up, like, after one hour, two hours, then your ego starts to waking up. So right now you are mixed between your ego and your spirit. Mm-hmm. So there's some moment you don't, like, you start judging stuff. So, like this this moment like is not really like right stuff because like when you are spirit i think you see something true but like when you start waking up you start to judging you start using your mind and you start saying oh what is this what is that so yeah the experience was like that like this is like the, my second my third actually was like similar yeah because they say that the ayahuasca if you truly surrender it's supposed to kill your ego mm. so you know, you said you saw Satan and all that. Um, it could have been something trying to entice your ego because the medicine was killing your ego. So, um, and I'm not saying that you didn't see that, but what I'm saying is, because I remember during my experience, like I was fighting my ego the whole time. Like my ego was smart. It's like very, it's very cunning like it's it's tough like i mean the whole time like every time i would kind of go off to the spirit the happy the the higher level right my ego would come back in and be like but what about this or what about that or this or that you know what i mean so mm-hmm. so um maybe that was like pretty much like your ego was about to die so it wasn't you dying it was your ego dying right mm-hmm. but it was fighting it was like no 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 like you know that's where you know satan or whatever comes in and tries to go oh here's some ego some some stuff to feed your ego so it can come back to life i, I don't know maybe yeah. or, or could be like something like because uh, like i'm really i'm scared from that yeah so it shows me this and the other thing is like after like the ceremony after like a month or two months i realized that like we we like believe in god or we believe like in source energy whatever like yeah they like to say it but like we believe in god and god is love and doesn't matter like in which situation you are in you still believe in that like even though i didn't have my body i didn't have my thoughts i didn't have my ego and i was you know next to satan and still know like god is love that's amazing that's very that's very crazy yeah 
who you are, who you truly are. Yeah, that yeah. shows who we really are. Like all of us are like good, you know. Yeah. Like all of us has something good in us. All of us have like a spirit full of love. Yeah. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter like how bad you are in this air. So you have something good, and your ego is the problem. Your ego could be like good and help you or it's good to be against you or you could help you to do something bad or something good they say your ego is not your amigo <laughs> yeah yeah so what made you want to do the ayahuasca with me next week i don't know i felt like it's calling for me to mm. go back again and i grew a lot between the time i took the ayahuasca like my whole life has changed to the better mm -hmm. and like a lot of things like so after we finished the ceremony and stuff, I went back and started to study like religion, spirituality, and like I spent like hundreds of hours just like studying religions and start like have more like open-minded about religion and start learning more about even like in Islam, like it's not just, there's like different opinion, like it's not just one way to look at Islam. And that's really was like helped me a lot, you know, and helped me a lot with my spirituality and stuff. So, after all, even though like doesn't matter what experience you have, scary or not scary, beautiful, you see heaven, you see whatever, it helps you. Like yeah. it show you what you need to know. Yeah, and I remember um, during my experience, like, cause once you start hearing the purging and people going through whatever they're going through, it gets a little scary, right? Um, cause you know, you're trapped in that energy, but it's, it's the fact of staying centered on why you're there mm -hmm. and having some little like safe word or chant, like mm -hmm. you said, God is love, right? Or, yeah. And we would say, I'm loose, which means love and light, love and light. And so in my experience, cause I don't remember that much of it, but, um, every time I get caught up in someone else's pain or suffering or that realm mm. it almost seemed like three levels you know like the lowest vibration was all the pain all the suffering all the stuff all the anger that people had mm. it wasn't me it was me being surrounded in other by surrounded by them right yeah. um and i'd say amorilus 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 and then they would change to being positive and then i'd jump right back onto my like little mm. journey through the different realms right so um yeah, and then sometimes even um, the shaman said in our ceremony, she said, um, don't bring any bad spirits because sometimes other people can bring it into the, the ceremony, right? Like they have some bad stuff and you can get caught up in theirs, right? Mm -hmm. So ayahuasca is a very intense and amazing experience, right? Yes. And um, so what got you into ayahuasca? Spirituality, right? Joe Dispenza first and like learning more about uh, energy and vibration and they talk a, lo a lot about like different dimension and stuff uh -huh. and I just want to see that. So you went there. <laughs> I went there. I experienced it. So. Yeah. And um, so I, would you say you're a more spiritual person now? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, there's like different between talk about stuff and experiencing stuff right and like spirituality like you experience you know all of this like what's gonna happen you know after you die and 
you are not just the body and you are a spirit yeah. in a human body. All of that, like, I was hearing about it. And even, like, in religion, I believe about it. Like, you know, because religion tells you, like, after you die, there is different dimension. Like, they call it heaven, hell. How is it? We don't know. But, like, there is different other dimension. So, like, religion talk about that. Mm-hmm. But, like, with the ayahuasca, you experience kind of different dimensions. So. I've already talked about my view on death and heaven and hell, but um, like I believe heaven and hell are on earth. Uh, I don't think there's a hell or a heaven when we die. I think when we die, it's where you were at, like happy, like just I don't have a name, I don't ha- I don't have a place where I came from. I'm just um, an entity, and I'm happy. Like it's just you're just like an an, an energy, right? Like you go back into the universe or whatever they call it, right? Some people call it heaven. Some people call it whatever. Um, I believe heaven and hell are on earth by our choices. Because you could feel like you're in hell on earth by making a lot of bad choices, right? And then you could feel like you're in heaven on earth, right? And then I um, I saw a really cool meme the other day. It said, uh, religious people are afraid to go to hell. Spiritual people have already been there. So they're not, they're, they've already been there. So that's how you become spiritual. You go through some shit in life, right? Like, like you go through some shit and you overcome it. And then I, I read another, uh, the book, 177 Mental Tough, Toughness Secrets of the World Class. It says religion is about, it's about, uh, religion is about control. Spirituality is about self-discovery. So spirituality is just basically learning yourself, learning who you are, finding your purpose, following your bliss, learning that we're just love, like love is the true religion that should be, right? Love is conquers all. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like, that's kind of my view on it, I guess. Yeah, but I still like, I still believe like religion like is true. Like it's not like made up or something like, this is like when you connect with the other dimensions. So if we think about like how like other like religions started, so, for example, like, um, our, like, prophet, like, Muhammad, so he used to go to the mountains and stay there for, like, 40, year, 40 days every year. So, and in the religion book, they don't talk about this a lot. And they just, they mainly just say, like, one sentence about it. But, like, no one say, like, what he was doing there for 40 days. Mm-hmm. And that's like every year. He was doing ayahuasca. So (laughs) just kidding. Think about it. This is what like this is the only thing he can be doing. You know, meditation. Like if you think about it, like you go there and you stay like in a he he stay in a cave uh, called Garhira, and so staying there like for forty days every uh, month every year, and that's like mainly like spiritual thing. Like you mainly like the way they the monk right now they doing yeah. or like uh, other you know people when they go you know to the forest go to the mountains and they stay there and they get like so connected with the energy yeah. and they start teaching other about spirituality. So this is mainly like what I believe happened you know in Islam. So when he was there like in this cave and then he met uh, with the spirit. Uh, in Christianity, they call it uh, Gabriel, and in Islam, they say Jibril. 
and he he gave the message from God to Muhammad and so mainly like all like religions like are spiritual and then people start to change the, the religion then they start to add stuff to it and then they give it like a human stuff but at the source it's mainly spirituality yeah so spirituality is the the essence of re of religion but yes. I, uh, it's the essence of i don't want to call it religion because religion is when humans get involved i think that's my that's my opinion i could yeah. be wrong but i think religion is when humans get involved because then they start put rules and a lot of times the rules don't make any sense um and a lot of them are very old like the rules are old like the rules maybe worked a thousand years ago 500 years ago but today and this again this is just my opinion like yeah. you know um because you you said it best like if you look at the true essence of any religion it's all almost all religions are like pretty much the same the only thing different is the prophet or who they think is important in the history of the story right let's let's call it a story let's not call it religion let's let's say the story of how we came to be and what values and and stuff are important so the main difference between most religions, I believe, is who's the most important character in the story. Like yeah. for 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 Christians, it's Jesus. For Catholics, it's priests and and nuns and stuff like that, like saints, basically, right? For Muslims, I guess it's Muhammad, right? That he was the main prophet. He's considered the main prophet. Islam has like the holy book, the Quran, and that's like what uh, Jibreel uh, like tell Muhammad like this is from God. So that was like the God talk. Like we didn't translate it. No one translated. No one like tried to understand and say it in different way. Mm -hmm. So they keep it the same way as it is. Mm -hmm. So when I read that, I know like this is from God. Like it's not human who wrote this. And the thing about this like. Uh, depends on your consciousness like if you have like you can like a thousand years ago you have like different consciousness as now so the way you understand this holy book it changed but what's happened is like people start like to understand it like 1400 years ago and they say this is religion and we don't go back to the Quran to the holy book we go back to how they understood it in 1400 years ago and when I start studying more about religion, there's a lot of Muslim right now, they have like beliefs, it's different than what other Muslims believe in because they go back to the source, they go back to the Quran. And the other thing, like if you live in this universe, like God wants contact with us, like wanna like, uh, you know, guide us, you know, how to live our life the best way. That's why, like, they send, like, all the messengers. Like, the messengers are the teachers. Like, in Jesus, Muhammad, Moses, like, the, they were the, the teachers. But what really happened after, like, 100 years from the messenger, like, they changed the message. Like, they start, everyone start adding stuff to it and use it for their advantage. Yeah. And this is the problem with the religion. But for, like, in Islam, I believe, like, the holy book, this is from God and no one touch it. So... Um, again, I'm not very religious, but in, you know, in my business or my previous company, we had a very spiritual mentor, Greg Cap. I don't know if you remember Greg Cap, And he kind of said the same thing. He says uh, he wasn't religious. 
he he was very spiritual but he said that the truth is in the bible right you know um it's so i mean and then again there there's where religion gets in the way cuz all of a sudden muslims will be like well no it's not the bible it's the quran and then you know all of a sudden some other religions going to be like no it's not that it's this and then some other religions could be like no it's not that like you know uh you know hindus will say it's this and then you know so that's that's always been my that's always been why i could never agree with religion because religion is is division Re- religion is doesn't include everybody right um if you don't believe what that book says or that prophet says but you're still a good person then according to the book that means you go to hell and to me i don't agree with that like so that's yeah that's like what like when other like start to understand the religion and everyone gives their opinion and after that the religion became a human things like became rules like became a way to control others like, yeah and everyone was saying uh, we are the right group and everyone else is wrong and th- that's mainly like why i went to like spirituality like i was okay i want to know like the truth like even though i know like i'm muslim even like because i'm born muslim doesn't mean like this is like the right religion not just because my family i was born muslim or i came from syria so my religion is right and yeah. other religion are wrong and that's why i start diving in and I still believe like the holy book is correct but the other opinion it's wrong like mm-hmm. i i disagree with a lot of things they said oh this is religion but i believe it's not religion yeah. at all yeah so you distinguish it by just the holy book yes yeah and, and by the way we're not a religious podcast mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean but but it's good to talk about it and i like to learn about other religions and by, and that's what i love about our group like we have a very diverse group like we have an immigrant from Syria, an immigrant from the Philippines, an immigrant from San Jose. Just kidding. <laughs> we have an American yeah. who grew up in the Bay Area, but whose father is an immigrant from Mexico. And we all have different beliefs and different religions. And I'm not very religious, but I guess if I had to attach my name to some religion, it'd be a mm. Christian, you know, yeah. because I had an out-of-body experience in a Christian church. Yeah. But then again, now that I'm becoming more spiritual and learning about spirituality and, mm-hmm. and the universe and energy, I just feel like maybe I harnessed because I prayed and prayed and prayed for something to happen and then it did. Maybe somehow I popped myself out of my body because we can, right? That's what ayahuasca does. It helps you leave your body and enter the spirit world, right? Enter whatever. Um, so if I had to attach my name to religion, it'd be Christianity, but I don't, I don't see myself as religious. I was raised Catholic, you know, and, I, and, and, uh, but we're, I like, I like the diversity of our, of our, of our team, of our panel, because we are very different and we, we bring lots of different stuff and, and it's all good. Cause that's, that's what I'm about. I'm about like inclu- inclusive, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, we all agree on spirituality. We all agree on love and helping. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, like there's a truth in every like spirituality in every religion. Like I don't want to be like someone like oh just spirituality is right and all other religions are wrong. Yeah. Then I'm gonna be like one of them, yeah. one of the religions. Right. When they said we are right, everyone else is wrong. 
So that's why I don't like to be like all religions are wrong and spirituality is right. Mm-hmm. Same thing, if I am Muslim, I don't want to be like Muslim is right, everyone is wrong. So there is like truth in everyone, mm-hmm. you know. And there is like, just like you have to be like, see like your action like is it like benefit others like are you spreading love are you like improving are you adding values if you're doing that then you are in alignment you know with the truth Mm -hmm. if you are like just hating others and killing others and you know think you are better than others then there's something wrong here yeah and i think that's that's kind of inherent in our dna as far as like like you said like we're meant to love one another like we're all different on the outside but if you chop us all in half like we're the same you know what i mean like yeah yeah, we have brains we have a heart yeah our blood's all the same color right no i mean like when you get back to the spirit like you are love like this is like what i saw like even though like when i was talking like i was in really like scary situation and i just my spirit was just saying like god is love god is love so this is like all of us. We yeah. are just like, we have love in all of us. Mm-hmm. And then just everyone like have different programming. And yeah. How programming, like there culture, you go. How they've culture yeah. programmed them to do certain stuff. And what's good, what's bad. And if we go, you know, go back to our spirit. like, And that's what's happening right now. Like the, the whole universe changing. Like we are going to the 5G right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 5g too i don't even understand that that much so, but do you know much about that so in spirituality like right now they're saying um you have like different let's say like um levels or like different vibration or consciousness they talk about consciousness so if you talk about the earth this is like level one or like um 1g consciousness level one and then you have the animals they live in like second uh, level of consciousness. Yeah, because they're pure instinct. So yeah, so like your dog can understand some of what you tell them. They they feel pain. They feel you know scared. They feel love. So they they have consciousness, but they they are like level two. Yeah. And us as a human, we are on level three. So because and level five, where you are like. You are a spirit. And uh, they saying like level five where like Jesus was and Muhammad and Buddha, those were, were in level five where they yeah. are, they act from their spirit. They are just pure love and they just want to help. They want to, you know, add value. What about and level four? Level so four? Level four, like when you are in between. In between. Yeah. So right now. We That's are where like, we're at. <laughs> we are conscious. We are level four. So the more, the more you do good stuff. Mm-hmm you are like going to level five mm. and when you start like doing bad stuff and you know start like fearing stuff and feel the fear and the pain and stuff mm. then you are going to level three i see so that's how i felt like when i was on the ayahuasca trip i was just going to different levels between the, those levels yeah, yeah. you go into level five you're just a spirit and yeah. then you get back to see the fear and what's going on that's interesting because the, the highest level was peace love warmth and when i got to the highest level i connected with the scene from all the shamans and all that it was like all of a sudden i was like connected and and she was talking to me and she was far away but i could talk directly to her and she would be talking to me like 
like yeah this is where you're supposed to be like you're on the right plane yeah which is pretty crazy so this is what they're saying like there is shift in energy in this the whole uh planet yeah and everything is changing like like the vibration our dna changing mm. everything is changing right now and right now like it's really tough because it's like you know giving birth like how is like before like the mother give birth how is painful and how all the bloods and like also like the um, the baby like doesn't know what's going on yeah we are like this kind of baby right now like we think we're gonna die you only see darkness and you're just hearing screaming and stuff and then you go to uh, when then you, the you mother give birth pop out pop the vajayjay <laughs> <laughs> exactly and then everything is beautiful and yeah, like yeah. you have your parents loving yeah. you yeah so this is what's going on in the whole universe. Like it's gonna get bad right now, and mm. before gets, it gets better. Before it gets better, yeah. Yeah. This is like they saying this is like the birth of the five G. Five G. I'm looking forward to that. Wow. Yeah. Well, we talked about a lot today. <laughs> um, so I mean, let them know uh, where they could find you, Hatem. Um, anything you got going on? I'm gonna have. Uh, a YouTube channel soon and uh, start doing like films, documentaries. And right now they can find me on my Instagram, Hatem SF3. Hatem SF3? Yeah. So H A T E M S F3. Okay. So find him on Hatem SF3. Um, he's a videographer, a photographer, an engineer by day, <laughs> and uh, making amazing videos and helping this podcast by night. Um, you can find them on Instagram at HatimSF3. And uh, yeah, I mean, anything else you guys want to add before we uh, wrap it up? Um, I'm just looking forward to our ayahuasca experience. And I'm, I'm glad that you're coming with me. I want you to come. but you know, Yeah, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> that's cool. That's yeah. fine. Um, I will. Know. I will. I will. But uh, just not yet. We are actually going to be recording ourselves on the way there with okay. this gopro and just talk about why we're doing it and stuff like that that's awesome and when we drive back to the bay we're gonna record ourselves again okay talk about our experience after that then Sweet. we will create a podcast about yeah. it the next day so look out for that people the podcast is coming soon for with sure. the ayahuasca okay, experience right. um but yeah thank you so much hatim for being on the podcast i mean i learned a lot i mean especially the spiritual realm 5g you guys hey. 5G's the the birth. You guys are popping out the VJJ for 5G and uh, start crying. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Always make sure to uh, check out our YouTube channel. Check out our Instagram. Um, all the links will be below uh, in the description. We have a link tree to link to everything. And uh, yeah, this is this is all this is what you have to look forward to. Amazing conversations with amazing people. Uh, we're going to give, you know, normal everyday people the voice to share their story, just like Hot Tim shared his story with us today. And um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And uh, as always, follow your bliss. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Our goal, as always, is to become the number one podcast in the world. And uh, make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. Make sure you share this with three of your friends. And if you like our song, our intro song, please check out my good friend, uh, Maroni Silva's band A Dead Desire on YouTube that song is called The Mantra thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you guys on the next one and as always follow your bliss <laughs>